Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11, these are God's words. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw that star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gold, sorry, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream, that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Oh, sorry, my intention is to take verse 12 with the next passage, next uh, next Lord's Day. So it ends on, uh, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Since the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Almost immediately, the Holy Spirit uh, starts answering for us a question that we should ask, uh, and that is, who are his people? The angel told Joseph that the reason that he was to name um, the child that Mary was going to bear, uh, Jesus, is because he would save his people from their sins. Uh, and the first introduction to who are his people then in Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11, may be a little bit surprising. Uh, his people are not the ethnic uh, Israelites, not the civil state of Israel, as represented by Herod. His people are not particularly the religious Israelites as uh, represented by the ones that Herod calls the chief priests and the scribes in verse 4. Uh, the, the His people, uh, the first sampling we get of his people are wise men from the east. Uh, wise men here uh, could mean anything from uh, sorcerers uh, to those who are uh, of great learning, those who are uh, 
have achieved a reputation or status uh, as uh, as gurus. Uh, they would be highly exalted. Uh, and yet, uh, they are the ones who have seen the star. There's no indication uh, that the star goes uh, from the east to Jerusalem. Uh, the first time the the star appears in front of them, they're already in Jerusalem, and they already know that they're going uh, to Bethlehem. Uh, there's no indication even that they follow the star, just that the star goes in front of them. But they've come from the east because as they uh, observe the uh, the stars, as they practice astronomy, uh, they are observing astronomy uh, under the providence of the God of Israel rather than under the astrology of those who are superstitious about the movement of heavenly bodies and what they do. Uh, the reason that they are observing it under the providence of the God of Israel is because the Lord had uh, put among their number a few hundred years ago one Daniel. Uh, and one of Daniel's great messages was that all of the kingdoms of the earth that seem so powerful, seem so great, uh, like uh, Nebuchadnezzar and his uh, self-impressiveness and, uh, and so forth, and the kingdoms that would follow him, Persia and Greece and Rome, uh, that they were all due to be superseded by the kingdom of God, by the kingdom that would be established by the Christ. And so this king of Israel was not just going to be a king of Israel. He is going to be a king of the whole world. Uh, and so when they observe, you know, they have their records and they understand uh, uh, what's, uh, what's out in space and they keep their eye on it. Uh, when they observe a phenomenon that is uh, completely new and unique and impressive, they attribute it to the God who rules and overrules everything that happens on earth and everything that happens in heaven. Uh, and they conclude this must be related to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, well, they don't use the name, they wouldn't use the name Jesus, but this must be related to the Christ, the King who is coming. Uh, and so they come to Jerusalem uh, where they are hoping uh, to have as their new king, the king of the Jews. And they ask, where is he who has born, been born king of the Jews? And we can see the difference in, or we can identify, and we can identify who they are that the Lord Jesus is saving. Who are the his people of the he shall save his people from their sins? by the way they respond. Um, they respond uh, first by having uh, their life disrupted, changing uh, what they do. Uh, yes, when they uh, uh, when they hear about the king, uh, sorry, when Herod hears about the king of the Jews in verse 3, 
He is troubled and all Jerusalem with him. But it's basically still business as usual uh, for them. Uh, so much so that uh, apparently Herod's coming to worship the new baby would be something that uh, could be done in secret. Uh, it's much different disruption, isn't it, uh, for these magi from the east who come to where they have no status, uh, where they are not considered gurus and experts and uh, the great men of the land. Uh, they come to a place where they are uh, foreigners and uh, where they are um, where they are going to be humbled. And they stopped their whole lives to do it. We don't know how long the trip was, uh, although um, certainly it must have been a great interruption to their lives. Uh, the one who hears about the Lord Jesus uh, and yes, he hears it and it's, to him it's something interesting and he might think about uh, think about Christ or the gospel once in a while, maybe even uh, do uh, do something, uh, you know, add to his life something that he does unto the Lord Jesus, uh, like go to church once a week for an hour or something like that. Uh, this is very different than the one whose entire life is changed by the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ who becomes someone who humbles himself before the Lord Jesus morning and evening, uh, who takes an entire day each week to set the week itself under the Lord Jesus uh, and to uh, reset his life in fellowship with Christ and the worship of God through him. So there's uh, one of the ways you can tell who his people are is by the way they are disrupted. Uh, another way that you could tell is by their rejoicing. Um, the uh, disruption in verse three uh, isn't um, isn't one hundred percent negative, but the word that is used does have a negative connotation, uh, and yet uh, the uh, uh, when the when the Magi uh, see the star uh, going before them, they're already on their way to Bethlehem, by the way. The star is not giving them directions. It's not like um, first century uh, first century map software, GPS. Uh, but the star goes before them, and the star comes and stands over where the young child is. And they see their star and they rejoice with exceedingly great joy. Uh, and the reason is, of course, uh, not, oh, we figured out where he is. The reason is that the one who rules heaven and earth uh, has indeed sent his Christ. Uh, and to them, as a confirmation of the identity of the God of Israel, as the one who rules in the heavens. Uh, and it's a, a confirmation of the identity of the king that's before them, the king about whom they had heard from Daniel, the king who would rule over all uh, or over all of the earth. And so they rejoice to be ruled 
Herod is not happy that there is another king. Uh, these guys are willing to lose all their status if they can just become subjects of this new king. Uh, and so there's not just the disruption of our lives, but there's the rejoicing of our lives. A Christian is someone who rejoices to be ruled by Jesus Christ. Not someone who's upset about all the time they have to give up worshiping and reading and praying and uh, and setting aside other things for a whole day every week. No, they rejoice over the identity of the God of heaven and earth and over the identity of the Christ, the King who rules their lives. Christian is not someone who's frustrated or who regrets that he has to give up his sin. He rejoices to be ruled by a king who is going to, uh, who is going to not just forgive that sin, but lead the charge in and guarantee the obliteration of that sin, uh, at last. Uh, and so, uh, that's the second mark here of how can you tell whom Jesus is saving from their sins? Well, they're glad to be rid of their sins. Uh, so they are disrupted. They rejoice. Uh, and in the last place, they, uh, uh, they actually worship. And it's quite obvious that everybody knows what you're supposed to do with the king is worship. Uh, and Herod, uh, of course, in our memory verse, says, Go and search carefully for the young child. When you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Uh, and they don't know yet. Uh, Herod's intentions. It actually takes a divine revelation in verse 12. Uh, and so it's not like Herod is, you know, the, the long pointy nosed, sharp toothed, um, you know, green salivated, yellow eyed villain, uh, of a, um, uh, of a, uh, animated film and, uh, just appears evil. No, he appears like a king. He appears like a king in Israel. He appears like a king who it is plausible uh, that he would worship because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, there's no apparent uh, interest on the part of the chief priests and the scribes uh, to worship. Uh, in fact, uh, if there had been, probably it wouldn't need to be like uh, a secret um, that he would come worship him. So it's obvious that what you should do is worship. But it's possible to uh, to be a king um, in, a, in a so-called, well, this is a little anachronistic Christian nation, uh, in a nation that's full of God's people uh, and not really uh, want to worship. It's possible to be experts in the Bible, as these uh, chief priests and scribes apparently were. Um, although the priests probably wouldn't have been as familiar with the book of Micah as the scribes in order to give the quote in verse 6. Um, they know the Bible. Uh, they know um, they know theology, but they're not worshipers. Uh, and they're not interested in worshiping uh, the, the king who has been born. Uh, but the believer uh, loves to worship the Lord Jesus. Uh, when they 
come into the house. They see the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fall down and worship him. Notice that this is done even before the gifts are brought. The gifts are brought by those who have worshipped. The first response is to fall on their faces, to give, uh, to give homage, um, to a baby. Um, and so they come into the house, they see the young child, they fall down and worship him, and then they open their treasures and they present to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That which is fit for a king, but also that which, as we have uh, been recognizing, uh, is not just expensive, but is uh, indicative of the presence uh, of even God with us. Um, Frankincense uh, and myrrh hearkening to uh, the incense that is offered uh, and as the prayers of the saints and the oil with which there is uh, the anointing and in God's providence we've been um, in the latter half of Exodus and uh, the first part of Leviticus and we can recognize that here there's a recognition not just of a man who is king uh, but drawing near in a way of worship of God. Um, indeed, Jesus is the one uh, who has been the king of Israel from before there were human kings in Israel. He's the one who sits on the throne. He, he is, dwells upon the cherubim, uh, and the incense and the anointing oil are, have been used before him, uh, and the tabernacle has been fill, filled with the gold that is uh, fit for the God King. It looks like a hybrid of Eden and heaven in there. Uh, and here are men who are not even from Israel, but that which the Lord had given to his people uh, to uh, communicate to them his dwelling among them, his ruling over them as their king, his drawing them near to himself. Um, they bring uh, treasures that are specific to that. Uh, no doubt, uh, also having been well instructed by Daniel in this point, you remember Daniel, 78, 70 years since the, uh, uh, the last time there were sacrifices in Jerusalem, was still keeping prayer times according to the morning and evening sacrifices. Uh, and so he treasured the promise of the Christ that was uh, not just in the prophecy of the king, uh, but was in the picture of the tabernacle and then the temple and the ceremonial system. Uh, and so we have both of those pictured here. Uh, and so uh, the there is a, a question here of do you give the Lord all of that is yours, all of your treasure, your time, your wealth, your ability, your desires, uh, etc. But I think there's something more here with the gold, frankincense, and myrrh and their connection to the to the tabernacle. Do you have your life disrupted by Jesus? And do you rejoice over Jesus as the one who is not just man, but as God, and who has brought you near uh, 
threw himself in order to worship him. Uh, and so uh, the passage uh, does identify for us then both, doesn't it? Uh, who are the his people that are being saved from their sins and uh, who is he uh, who saves them and what is he saving them unto? He's saving us unto rejoicing worship. That is the great thing in our whole life. The Lord grant that it would be so for us. Let's pray. <coughs> our gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this portion of your word that you have given us uh, by which to worship you today. We pray that we would be those who uh, kiss the Son, who bow the knee, who trust in him, who are blessed in him. We thank you for reminding us that the kingdom of this world and all its vassal kingdoms are all going to be destroyed by the little stone that grew up to be a great mountain that is your son, our Lord Jesus. And so we pray that you would give us great confidence in him and that we would rejoice to be ruled by him and worship him. Grant that by your spirit we might give him all that we are. For we ask it in his name. Amen.